is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. It's great to be back in Seattle. I actually was in a place that is warmer than Seattle currently is for a wedding over the weekend. My goodness, Houston, Texas was like 103 degrees all weekend long. So it's nice to be back in the brisk 85 degree heat. And I think I'm one of those people who actually is better with warmer weather. So I'm in chipper spirits and you should be too because the Seattle Mariners are on fire. I leave, they win every single game, and they sweep the Tampa Bay Rays, capping the whole thing off on Sunday with this spectacular moment. Shedlong Jr. has a chance to win this one in 10 for the Mariners. Castillo sets, fires. Swing out to right field. This is on its way back, and it's gone! Walk-off home run! You did it, Shedlong Jr. It was awesome. I mean, they just swept, in four games, the American League champions. And while they did it in three of the four games, by the skin of their teeth, two extra innings wins, one come from behind victory, the poise, toughness, all these things that they've been able to show all season long really has been remarkable and never any better than it was over the weekend, to the point where my mom, the beloved Kitsy, who is a Tampa Bay Rays fan, along with my stepdad, they do exist, uh, They live, I, and I live in St. Petersburg, Florida, like about a mile and a half away from the stadium where the Rays play for quite some time, and my mom adopted them as her team when she moved down there. She called me yesterday, like, mad. She's mad that the Rays lost four to the Mariners. And then she started asking me, wait, are the Mariners, are they good? Are they going to make the playoffs? And then I started thinking to myself, well... That's probably unrealistic, and I don't want to. I, I I don't want to all of a sudden, you know, pull the rug out from underneath all of this optimism and excitement. Really, I am blown away by what they did, and you should be too. And you should remember this in the coming weeks when there likely will be a bit of a regression to the mean. But when I hear this from Ryan Divish, who was on Danny Gallant when I was out yesterday with Michael Bumpus. This got me pretty excited, too. You have to be a competitive person to get to the big leagues because it's hard. But this team with these guys, it's one of the more competitive teams and more intense teams I've been around. J.P., Mitch Hanniger, like I used to call him a cyborg because he wasn't human. He didn't seem to enjoy baseball because he took it so seriously. Marco, you know, these guys are so competitive. And, and Danny, I think if you remember, the first team I ever covered on an almost daily basis was the 2008 team that lost 101 games, and it was the biggest collection of jerks and miscreants and just <laughs> guys playing out the string. Like, in a, in to see this and to see what they have now, it's so different, and it's kind of refreshing. I love Divish, first off. Second off, that is the different element of this team, and this is good. This is the good dynamic of a process, and it is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. And in the last segment... I talked about how I think it's good that Joel Embiid basically threw his teammate under the bus because Ben Simmons needs to be gone and the Sixers need to move on from their idea of the process. Someone texted in, Paul, if that's your take on the process, tell me how what the Mariners are doing is a different strategy. You're seeing it in action right there in that 
there is the toughness. This team does not have yet all of the talent that you're expecting them to have. It's just not here yet. You're hoping it'll be here someday, and there's no guarantee that it will be. But in Philadelphia, and I think that the Sixers have a lot of loser juice in them, a lot of that loser DNA. When they were losing, it was acceptable. And there was nobody there to hold everybody else necessarily accountable. And I I think it translated into some of the playoff runs over the last couple of years where you look at them and you say, wow, they have Joel Embiid. Wow, they also have Ben Simmons. And yet here's Jimmy Butler playing with this team. And Butler's a bit of a hardo and a pain in the the butt to play with. He's looking at them and he's like, these guys like just, there's no edge. There's no competitive edge here. At the very least, there is some semblance of that here. That does not guarantee anything when it comes to the actual long-term prospects of this team. But I do think that that is a key thing that you need to have, and not every team has it. And hearing that from Ryan Divish really got me excited yesterday. So since it is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, this is my question for you. Can the Mariners legitimately top what they did this past weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays over the course of the rest of the year? And give me a realistic way in which they can do it. Some people tweeted in at Galan says an answer to that question. You can also text it in. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Richard Judd tweeted, they will make an impressive trade to try and compete for the wild card. Some crazy Jerry trade where we are the third team, don't really give up that much, and wind up landing an all-star. But that's not an on-the-field accomplishment. And I think that sort of gets us back to the point where we are really wondering what can they do necessarily better. <laughs> Kyle Lewis Stan tweets in, nope, they're going to win the World Series, so it's fine. Uh, Jay Fought, make the playoffs. Josh Oster, win a playoff series. But Ryan Widmeyer, and I think this is what you should be looking for at this point, no matter how exciting this past weekend was, finishing above 500. That's honestly what you should be looking for and hoping for. Because at this point... If you look at the ladder that they have to climb up to actually get into playoff contention, it's going to be really, really hard. So they're five and a half back of the top two wildcard teams, Oakland and Tampa Bay. But those two teams are neck and neck in division races with Houston and with Boston, respectively. Then after that, you can't forget about the New York Yankees, who are underachieving like crazy this year. You would think at some point they would figure it out. The Chicago White Sox are arguably the best team in baseball, and Cleveland's respectable. So there's basically seven teams ahead of you in the five-team playoff structure of the American League. And I would say just about all of them outside of Cleveland have way more resources than you. So with that in mind, if you're the Mariners, what do you do come trade deadline? And... Man, there's a part of me that even though I see the idea of them creeping up those wild card rankings and actually finding themselves in playoff contention is very unrealistic. I've been sort of talking myself into the idea of being aggressive at the trade deadline. And by the way, I don't think that's something that's going to happen. Jerry Depoto, when he joined Danny and Gallant with me out this past Thursday, he said that when it comes to Mitch Hanniger extending him, something that I've been pushing for, which I feel like would be good both for the short-term and long-term for the Mariners, sounds like he might be a possible candidate for trade. We're always open to thoughts like that. 
with Mitch or other players. It's a, it's something we've used as in the past, whether it be with Marco, uh, whether it be with guys like Evan White. It's something that we have been aggressive with, even with some players who are no longer here. You know, we did an extension with Gene Segura. Uh, we're open to doing things like that. It's, and that has to be a marriage on both sides. So they, while I can say that that's something that we as a club consider for anybody, it, it's, a, it's a matter of the fit. The, the length and the cost is it's always what it's about for both sides. And, and we'll be open to considering that. And I'm sure Mitch will too. So they're open for it. But when you listen back to that, do you feel like they are that gung ho about extending Mitch Hanniger? I don't hear it. That might change, I guess, but then think about it. If you don't extend him, well, what do you do? Come trade te- trade deadline. That, might make you a seller when it comes to Hanniger. And the, and the thing is, you're not really going to upgrade by trading Hanniger, at least in the short term. You trade Hanniger, you're going to get some prospects. And I know that some people would like to, and you continue to load up on prospects, and all of a sudden you might have a bunch of them coming up at the same time, in addition to the guys that you already feel pretty good about. That would be J.P. Crawford, Ty France, and after that we'll, we'll, we'll see if Kyle Lewis's health is something that will straighten itself out. In the years ahead, but you know, it's something that you definitely have to be a little bit nervous about. But there is a part of me that's been talking myself into the idea of this. It might be crazy because if you trade for a short term rental with the idea of potentially deciding that you'll extend him, and honestly, if you trade for a short term rental, you should extend him. I'm wondering if that maybe gives you the inside track on landing a guy long term, like a real major league player, a real stud, star, guy who is better than anyone you have on your roster. And what it would take to get one like that is probably all of your prospects not named Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez. You know, all of those guys would be on the table. And I don't think you should say no to the idea of that immediately. Because you don't know what some of these guys are going to be when they come up to the major leagues. And I know... You know, Cal Raleigh, he plays catcher. It's hard to find good catchers. It's hard to find catchers who hit. And that maybe Cal Raleigh is one of those guys that you're looking at right now and you're saying, yep, this guy's long-term future for us. But if Cal Raleigh gets you something awesome in return that you know is good right now and that you have a feel like you, if you're going to finally start spending, you feel like you have a really good chance of extending the guy during the offseason. Is that something you would consider doing? Or are you just going to wait? I don't think you should say no to the idea altogether just yet. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. The question of the day, can the Mariners legitimately top what they did this weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays? 710-710, the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line is how you text in an answer to that. You can also tweet me at Gallant says five minutes. You get to call in at 206-421-3776. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Air Restoration. You can watch it. 710sports.com slash video. Listen to it on your smart speaker or on the 710 app. It is 1010. That means it's time for What's Trending with Maura Dooley, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? Good morning, afternoon. I'm good, but after your opening there, I'm kind of thinking you need to go out of town again so we can continue this Mariner streak. Yeah, I'm going to the ballpark for the first time, period, since I have moved to Seattle tonight. So if they lose tonight, we're going to blame you. I know. (laughs) I know this is not fair. You know, like Danny opens up the show this morning saying, you know, Paul, they've won every single game since you left. And it was all against the American League champions. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Don't tell everybody. You don't have to tell everybody. 
I'm excited. Uh, I, I have yet to go to the park tonight, I, and um, hopefully I'll be able to meet some of you guys if you're all coming out. It was great to see that we're, we're getting bigger and bigger crowds. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to go because also when I went for the first time, it was at the end of the 2019 season. It was, I think Kyle Lewis' first game. He had a home run off of Trevor Bauer, and I remember going there, and it was not very packed. I think that stadium is a little bit more packed these days just given that people have been so restless and dying to get back out there so hope yeah. to see some of you guys tonight please uh try to find me on the mean internet streets and i will say hi just look for the pasty guy with huge eyebrows <laughs> yeah i'll be there too we've got a, a group of us from 710 going tonight it's so gonna be fun it'll be a fun time uh all right first in what's trending frank clark former seahawks defensive end current chiefs defensive end was arrested in los angeles on sunday after police said they saw an uzi in a duffel bag in oh. the back seat of his Lamborghini SUV. Lots to unpack here. Look, I know that this is going to start an entire conversation about guns. And I will just say this. I, I don't have a problem with guns, but I do have a problem with people that are bad gun owners. And I would just say that somebody who is in the NFL, who is probably going to draw a little more attention to himself when he is driving a Lamborghini, like it or not, like that's... That is, a, that is a car that everyone's going to look at. And, and yes, maybe some things happen along the way in terms of him getting pulled over because of things that stink to talk about, you know, profiling or something like that. But whatever the case, why do you have a bag in your car with an Uzi sticking out of it when you have been, in the last three months, arrested for gun possession? I mean, feels like the thing you should learn from the previous incident when you get arrested in March for having two guns in the car is that you should probably be a little bit more careful with storage of said gun, whatever gun it might be. Then we find out it's an Uzi. I mean, what are you, in the Mossad? <laughs> that, 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 that is something that, in, in, in a state like California, I would imagine you have to be very careful, and I'm not going to act like I am privy to all the gun laws. All I'm saying is the guy's dumb for having this happen to himself three times, excuse me, twice in the last three months. Figure it out. All right, next up, Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib posted an Instagram video yesterday announcing publicly that he is gay for the first time and also that he would be making a $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project, which tries to help uh, prevent suicides within the LGBTQ community. Um, here's a little bit of the video that he put out. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. But until then, you know, I'm gonna do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate, and I'm gonna start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. This is awesome to see. It probably shouldn't be a story, but it is a story because there are so many people. And I would say in a sport with chismo and all of those things associated with it and people from many different backgrounds, religious, cultural, that have certain views on homosexuality or anything else, this is big to happen. And you want to see more of it Clearly, Carl feels very comfortable with whatever support group he personally has. And I would hope that everybody has that. And I know not everybody necessarily does have that. It, 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 it's one of those things where 
I am hopeful that others are going to see this and maybe feel more comfortable doing it. This country is all about the pursuit of happiness and, you know, someone else's sexuality, it has no impact on you. Everyone is entitled to their own pursuit of happiness. So good for Carl. I don't think this will be a massive story for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it shouldn't be a story for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the way he described it right there, this isn't him calling for attention. And I know some people are going to text him and say, oh, that's what he's doing this for. Man, I, I, I would just encourage yourself to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who is so uncomfortable with being authentic to themselves publicly around people they know, like family, friends, and how difficult it would be to make that announcement. You know, whether it's 2021 or you know, a couple of years ago, whatever the case, that is not an easy thing to say. That is not an easy thing to do. And good for Carl Nassib, and I hope that more people do feel comfortable doing that. That, everybody, is What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. All right, guys, 1045, you get to pick what I talk about. You can text in 710-710 or vote. I want the Kraken to steal from this team. I can't wait to see this Seahawk rival disappoint. And you shouldn't have very high expectations or hopes for this Seahawks player. We're going to have the Graz in the sports pit at 1030 to talk all things Seattle Mariners. Well, here's the question of today's show. Can the Mariners top what they did this weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays? Or is that the crowning achievement of 2021? And by the way, it's a really good crowning achievement. You get to answer that. It's time for you to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. The phone number is 206-421-3776. You can also text in your answers, 710, on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. A question. Would you trade three of your top 100 prospects to Colorado for Trevor Story and Germán Marquez? And I think we talked about that this morning. That's a guy who's under contract for a while, Marquez. Story, not necessarily someone that you would have a lock on. And those guys are, you know, you have to be careful. You have to really have, I would imagine, some sort of (laughs) tampering conversation before you pull the trigger on a deal with somebody like that who would be a one-year rental and say, look, we got a lot of stuff coming. We got a lot of stuff cooking right now. And you're just going to have to trust us that when the food comes out of the oven, going to be really good it's going to be really tasty and that's that's going to be hard to sell when you are what you've been for the last 20 years you know when you have the track record of failure that the Mariners have had for such a long time but I do think that something like that yeah I know we want to believe all the prospects are going to come up to the majors and succeed and I am not saying that there's no hope for Jared Kelnick I have my doubts about Evan White I am not expecting him to turn into an incredible everyday first baseman who actually can hit. I'm not expecting that. But I could be wrong. I'm not going to close the door on the possibility of that. But I think just seeing those two guys up should make you a little bit more rational, realistic about the idea of what some of these Mariners prospects are not going to do when they come up. Yes, you should look at prospects like they are going to potentially change your franchise forever. But you can't look at all of them that way. You just can't. And it, look, it has worked out for some teams that way, but it's not going to work out for every team. And I, I, w- I would look at Houston, the Astros, I know, cheating, all that stuff. 
they were able to turn the corner with guys like George Springer, Jose Altuve, who just really surprised everyone with what he was able to do over the course of his career. They bring up Carlos Correa. They bring up Alex Bregman. And, and since then, I mean, they've continued to bring in unbelievable talent to their lineup to a point where it is unfair the amount of quality hitters that they have. And it's why they're in the midst of a long winning streak. That could happen for you, but there's also a good chance that a lot of these guys are going to come up and not be what you expected or hoped them to be. You can't assume that they all will. So some of them you're going to have to look at not just as potential, but also as trade pieces. And if there is something that's available to you, I, I don't think you can turn your nose at it. 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. I'm worried that Kelnick will end up being an average major league outfielder. Hmm. I mean, that's something that always is on the table, isn't it? It's something that is always possible. I wonder about something we, Danny and I talked about this morning, and, and I'm going to do a little more digging on this today because, I'll be honest, I was just sort of, to the idea of um, the possibility that you could actually slow your heart rate down. I was like, what? To me, that just seems like it would be a really difficult thing to do, but it's something I've never necessarily applied myself to. And that's something that Jerry DePoto talked with us a really long time ago about. And I remember when he brought it up, I thought to myself, okay, it sort of sounds like quack science, but that is something that I think they are looking for from Jared Kelnick. And I do wonder if every single athlete is actually capable of that. And I would say specifically someone so confident as Jared Kelnick, who seems to just have this, at least before the struggles that we saw when he first came up to the majors, everything that we had seen before from him, just confidence and assumption that he is going to do well. Is he really going to be able to change his immediate reaction, his instinctual reaction to failure? I think it is easier said than done. And at the very least, it sounds like Jerry DePoto and company, they are aware of ways and, and methods that you can use to do this. And it sounds like that's going to be the big obstacle from him per Andy McKay, who 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 joined the show this week. I just wonder if it's actually something that every single athlete in sports can act, can find a way to incorporate into just their day-to-day routines. That kind of meditation. So I'm going to do a little more digging on that, but I thought it was a fun conversation with Danny this morning. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 710-710 is how you text in on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. We've got the great and powerful Graz joining me next. Don't go anywhere because he's going to answer that question. Can the Mariners top what they did this weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays the rest of 2021? It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. And the question of today's show, are the Mariners and their four-game sweep of the Rays this weekend, is that going to be the most impressive thing that they do? In 2021, yes or no is how you answer that. We're efforting to get the Graz in the sports pit. 
I do think there's a pretty good chance that is going to be the best thing that they do this year. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. A four-game sweep over a team as good as the Tampa Bay Rays to win seven of eight games now for the second time in a month, it's something else. I, I do think, though, that we're all being a little realistic with this team. And while they've been extremely poised in games where they've fallen behind and they're 8-1 in games that have gone to extra innings, that there's a double-edged sword to that and that some of these games that we're seeing them win down the road maybe uh, they fall back to me to the mean they regress to the mean if you will and now joining me on the Isaac Best Control Hotline it is the great and powerful Graz brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company Graz what's going on buddy seems like a long time Paul how you doing man I am doing well back from Texas and back to the heat that also was in Texas so it's a little nicer a little nicer here but now that the weather small talk is is done uh, man <laughs> What they've done over the course of the past weekend in sweeping the Tampa Bay Rays is truly something, and it was a lot of fun to see the whole way through. Do you think that this is going to be their crowning achievement over the course of the year? I definitely think it's possible, and I know there's a lot of season left to be played, but it's hard to think of doing it something more impressive than a four-game sweep of the defending American League champions. If it's not that, it can be a pivot point. You know, It can be, you know... Things started to change when, and then you go back and you look at the series. I mean, they, they not only swept them, the defending American League champs, you pointed out, walked them off three times, came from behind in three of those games as well. So, I mean, they did a whole lot of, a whole lot of very special things. And, of course, the Grand Slam walk-off was, was absolutely unbelievable. So, you know, and on the one hand, you're right that this is the sort of thing that you may look at and say, you know what, the, the crowning achievement of, of this past season was that great series with Tampa, unless, you know, you're looking at it and saying, you know, the season really turned around when they had that series with Tampa and kind of took themselves seriously and realized they, they had something special and were able to build on it. So uh, it, it's possible it could be a little more significant than that. That thing that they could build on, do you think it is for just the long term or is that something that it could be even this year? Because I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into the idea of the Mariners perhaps being a little more aggressive at the trade deadline. doesn't sound like they're going to mm-hmm. do it. But then I look at the wild card situation that they're in right now. They're five and a half games back of the two top wild card teams, Oakland and Tampa Bay, both of whom are in neck and neck battles in the AL West and AL East with Houston and Boston, respectively. New York's hanging around. The White Sox, as you have predicted to win the World Series this year, are playing as good as you predicted. You got the Cleveland Indians, too. There's a bunch of teams that they would have to leapfrog to, I think, potentially make this, I guess, pivot point this year turn into something more than, hey, look, they're a plus 500 team? Well, the good news is we got a month to shake it out. I mean, you don't have to do anything right now. Now is not the time you make a move like that anyway. And and sure, I mean, it's unlikely. You need a lot, a lot of guys to, to obviously play poorly. And look, the Mariners, Paul, what was it, three, four weeks ago, I mean, we're looking at the series being over. Yeah. And they, they you know, played, played well and won seven of eight to get to this point of two games over 500. But, you know, if they play, you know, the next month, let's say, and we're having this conversation uh, with, with 10 days to go to the trade deadline, and they're 12 games over 500. And in the mix, I think it's a completely different conversation. I also think this, regardless of what you planned, you know, regardless of what you, you were thinking you were going to do, you're not as an organization in a position to say, you know what, our plan was to wait one more year. And even though we're, we're looking close this year, we're going to wait a year and do it next year. Because if any franchise understands that nothing is guaranteed, it is the unluckiest franchise in all of baseball the Seattle Mariners. So uh, I think they've got some time to, to, to weigh that out. And I think if they find themselves 
you know, two, I need, I think I need two factors. I need to be, you know, 10 games over 500. So you're a good team. So it's not one of those where you're, you're just mm. trying to hang in and you're, you're playing 500 ball, but you're actually looking really good. If you're that and you're, you're in, you're in contention, I think that this organization will, will do it. I mean, I, I said yesterday when I was on with Bob that I think John Stanton is itching to spend money on free agents and to show the fan base that they want to, that they want to, uh, you know, add to what's going on. So. Uh, it'll be a very interesting month to, to see what, what plays out. And remember, they'll be getting some, hopefully some, some key guys back over the next month as well. So it's, a, it's an interesting interesting couple of uh, couple of weeks coming up. Definitely. Uh, the Graz with me on the Mac and Jack's uh, Brewing Company. Thanks to Mac and Jack's Brewing Company on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. Graz, we did see today an announcement just in the last oh, 35 minutes. The Seahawks will have full capacity crowds at Lumen Field this year, which is very exciting. I want to, at some point in my life, and I know I generally go and I watch the game in the press box, but at some point in my life I would like to go to a game and watch it as a spectator. Now that it seems like this is actually possible, you are a man who knows this town very, very well. What is the Mm -hmm. best way to enjoy oneself before going into a game at Lumen Field? I've always wondered this, like, where's the tailgating scene? Like, and are, are these things that you have done in the past? Because I know. Oh my lord! If you're... you only, if you only, if you only knew, Paul. <laughs> um, I, I, I spent about ten years doing a before every Seahawk home game in Pioneer Square, doing a doing a pre-funk for about three hours before every Seahawk home game. Because I always believed that that doing this job that it made more sense to sit in the stands than to sit in the press box. Uh, there were plenty of people in the press box. I wanted to have the same experience that my listeners were having. So I had season tickets for years. I didn't sit in the press box. I sat in the stands. And I did, I did all kinds of um, parties uh, in Pioneer Square. So uh, my, my first suggestion to you would be just get down there about three hours early. Okay. Wander around Pioneer Square. There are places to go. There are different tailgate locations. You will find, you know, you, you're a veteran of this, this sort of thing. You will find your, your, your right level. You will find the right spot for you. But it's. It's definitely, definitely, definitely more fun than sitting in the press box. Yes, my goodness. I, I there, there's a part of me that feels like I need to change that side of it because I, especially this past year with there no one in the stands, I felt it more than ever. I'm like, wow, I feel like, I feel like I'm taking an SAT. I mean, the football was great and all that, but everyone's just so quiet, and I, I am not good at uh, restraining my emotions. I guess, if you will, <laughs> as, as over 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 the course of a uh, 60 minute football game. He is the Graz, everybody, and he's brought to you by our friends at Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. One last question for you, Graz. you got to pick one. Who's better as a potential all-star for the Seattle Mariners? Who's more worthy, J.P. Crawford or Yusei Kikuchi? Well, I fall on Kikuchi. Um, I, I think that um, the problem with, uh, with J.P. is that I don't think there's been a position in the last, I don't know how many years, that is loaded like a shortstop in the American it's League. It's nuts. I mean, it, it's they, they, you know, I, I think it's seven years in a row there's been a different starter at shortstop in the American League. Seven years in a row, and you know, we're talking about Xander Bogarts and and and, and Carlos Correa and and, uh, and Anderson and and there's just so many guys there that I think from from J.P. Crawford's standpoint, it, it's he's playing great. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with him, but. I just don't know who you're going to knock out of that spot to put him in. I think Kikuchi, I kind of agree with what Scott Service was saying, that he's, he's looking like one of the best five left-handed pitchers in the American League right now. He rolls out two starts similar to the last start that he had. I think he's your all-star. That is the Graz, everybody, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Graz, thanks so much, man. 
Okay, Paulie, talk to you Thursday. We will talk to Graz again on Thursday again, 10.30 right here in the Sports Pit. Coming up next, okay, you guys picked this topic. There is a team in the NHL that is murdering everybody, and the Seattle Kraken are going to be able to rob them in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you how they can do it next. It's pretty complicated, and again, can the Mariners build off of what they did this weekend against the Rays. That's the question of the day. 206-421-3776 on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, the Paul Gallant Show. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. 710 710 is the Mac and Jack Brewing Company. Text line 206-421-3776 is how you call it. Before we dive back into the Mariners and whether or not they're going to be able to top what they did this weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays the rest of the year, let's talk a little hockey. So the NHL expansion draft is a little under a month from now. It's July 21st, and it's an interesting setup. We saw it a couple of years ago with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Here's how it works. Every team in the league has the ability to do one or the other. You get to either protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or just eight skaters in totality, and one goalie. In the latter, you would do that if you have a lot of good defensemen. In the former, you would, you would do that if you have a lot of good forwards. If you took a look at what happened last night in game five of the Eastern, excuse me, I forget what the conferences are named now all of a sudden. i got to get back on that. But between the Lightning and the New York Islanders, the Lightning won 8 nothing. It wasn't even close. And I, I am one of the few Tampa Bay Lightning fans in the world. I'm a casual fan, I will admit, because I have lived so long away from a real hockey city because Houston does not have a hockey team, and they even lost their minor league hockey team, I think, by second year on the job there. They are loaded. And they are loaded to the point where if you took a look at their books going into the playoffs, they used essentially some... Mm, Cheap ways to find their way circumventing the salary cap. One of their best players, Nikita Kucherov, was essentially injured for the entirety of the year. And since they did not put his... They they basically added him back to the active roster for the playoffs, which allowed them to go over the salary cap. They need to get rid of cap space. They have one of the most loaded rosters in the NHL. So no matter what plan the Lightning take, because they do have a lot of defensemen, but they have a lot of forwards... There will be options available for the Seattle Kraken to poach, to take in the expansion draft one of those guys. And the guy I'm hoping it is, is Ryan McDonough, who is a defenseman. He is signed to a very big contract with the Lightning for quite some time. It's about $7 million a year or so, which is pretty big for NHL contracts. And he's signed through 2026. This is the team where the Light, or excuse me, where the Seattle Kraken could potentially find their captain. And I feel like it's all a matter of how Tampa Bay handles it, but it's hard to envision Tampa Bay being able to protect every single one of their players. So as you can, if you have decided to start watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, that is a team to keep an eye on because I, there's a very good chance that one of the best players that the Kraken finds in the expansion draft is going to be someone from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that would excite me very much. They are loaded. They really are. I mean, that, that, is, that is still the best team in the NHL, though the reigning defending, uh, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and a texter brings up, oh, a Spokane product, Tyler Johnson. That's Brian the Mailman texting in. 
Yeah, Tyler Johnson. He does play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know that they'd be able to get him, but again, we'll see. There's someone who's going to be available. It's just a matter of waiting. Okay, guys, uh, the question of today's show is can the Seattle Mariners realistically do better, have a more impressive achievement to look back on the rest of the season than what they just did against the Tampa Bay Rays? You can tweet at Gallant Says to answer that question. David responded, I'll give you a few, that go together as far as the Mariners being able to top what they did. Don't be obvious sellers at the deadline. That comes from David. Wild card relevancy on September 1st. Or finish 500 or better. I think that's all three or things that you would like to see them do the rest of the way. Above 500, I, I really don't know. You know, I, I look at how streaky some of the teams in baseball have been this year. Take a look at Oakland, who had an awful start, and then they go on that 13-game winning streak, and I think they had a rough stretch again. Now they're once again on a tear. It's although I think uh, they they lost to the Yankees what via triple play over the weekend. Um, I feel like the Mariners' two streaks where they have won seven of eight. If they if you do that twice, that means that it's possible to do it again. Like nothing I guess is impossible off the table with these guys, but I still look at the lineup, and even though you have gotten some contributions from the back of the order over the last couple of games. Are you expecting that to continue? Are you expecting Jake Bowers to hit 312? Are you expecting Shed Long to slug the way he has slugged, at least over the past weekend, against the Tampa Bay Rays? I mean, he had a walk-off grand slam. Are you expecting the Mariners to have the success that they have had in extra inning games that they've had to this point this year? It's dumb, the record that they have in extra inning games. 8-1? and one? That's nuts. And that, to me, feels like it's perhaps unsustainable, just given the Mariners' lack of offense. But honestly, I keep, I hope that the Mariners keep going to games with extra innings because that's, that's giving them the best chance to win. Hey, they already have a runner on second to open things up. It's just a matter of can your bullpen, which has played really well this year, continue to pitch and throw the way that they've been going. How can you realistically outdo yourself after what the Mariners did? And making the playoffs, I know that some people have – brought up that idea it's it's gonna be really hard I mean it's a it is a crowd that you're gonna have to find your way through and it's not the kind of crowd that's easy to find your way through I'm talking like European club once went to a European club and someone actually had to like walk me out I couldn't figure out how to get off the floor it was so packed couldn't believe that they were like these are these are the regulations my goodness totally different scene there anywho um how can you get better what can you do realistically that you'll look back on and say this is better than a four-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays? One person said that they've peaked already, but finishing over 500 is the way to go. And that's probably the easiest answer here. I guess you want to level those expectations. Check that. You want to raise those expectations a little bit because, you know. But at this point in time, if you're looking at a lot of the young players on this team, and I would specifically look at the guys who aren't with the team right now. Jared Kelnick. Are you expecting Kelnick to make a huge impact when he returns to the roster at the towards, well, whenever it is? I don't, honestly don't know when it'll be. I thought it would be a little bit, I thought it was going to be down the road until I heard Jerry Depoto talk about it the last time when we talked to him right after Kelnick had been demoted. I thought it was surprising. He, he said sooner rather than later. 
I don't know. I don't know about that one. But it, say he is back. Are you expecting him to provide a serious surge? I'm, I am no longer expecting that. If Evan White returns, is he all of a sudden going to have a better approach at the plate once he gets back from that injury? Uh, I don't know about that either. Is Kyle Lewis going to play the rest of the year? I don't know. I mean, the reinforcements that I think you're looking for, maybe it's Cal Raleigh who comes up. Maybe. But just given what you've gotten out of some of your young players thus far, there's going to be a steep learning curve. And you'll get some glimpses, and you got some glimpses with Taylor Trammell. You did even get some glimpses with Jared Keldick. They were very few and far between. But for them to consistently add to a team that is uh, hovering about five, above 500 right now, I'm wondering. A lot of thanks to go around for today's edition of the Paul Gallant Show to the great and powerful Graz, Dave Rosby, who stopped by in the sports pit, and to Maura Dooley, who makes this thing happen every single day, and to you, the texters, the tweeters, and the callers of the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long. Farewell. Coming up next, it's Jake and Stacy right here, 710 ESPN Seattle.